Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. Yeah, Marv said ain't no good way to spin it. <laughs> Kellen Moore is returning to be the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator in 2022 after the Miami Dolphins passed up on the young offensive guru, as they would like to call him. Uh, we'll talk about that. I got three areas of improvement that I will get into detail about with Kellen Moore since he's back that I want to see him get better at, that he needs to get better at. So we'll dive into that. There's probably more than three if we're keeping it a bean. But I have three glaring uh, improvements. So here's the thing. We figured he'd be back. There was a we were holding our fingers. We were crossing our fingers, hoping that something would change. And it's not because Kellen's the worst play caller in the world or anything like that. I've said this plenty of times. Kellen Moore is still learning on the job. And I think that this is a team, well, at last year at least, was a team in offense that, that needed someone that wasn't learning on the job, that had a plan week in, week out, that was more seasoned. Um, I think he'll be fine in, in his career at some point, And maybe it's next year. Hopefully it's next year. Uh, but but we're stuck with him for another year, and I use that word loosely because, again, he's not terrible. I just don't know if he's right to get this team over the hump just yet. I mean, he has some proving to do. So, Kellen Moore is back. Um, we'll detail, like I said, three areas of improvement that I want to see, and then you guys can call in and we can talk a little bit more about it here at uh, 351-999-3787. 351-999-3787. Eight seven is the call in line. Pulse of the nation hotline. Tom Downey, he always comes through early. Super chat. Appreciate the super chat. He says, Sky, this is eerily similar to the JG era. How the JG era began. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we start talking about that, didn't we, Tom? Uh throughout the season. About how it's it has a very, like you said, eerily similar path as a Jason Garrett situation. Um I feel like Jason Garrett's the comparison in regards to Kellen sticking around would have been Jason Garrett going to, I believe it was Baltimore. They had an opportunity to go be a head coach at Baltimore and Jerry loves to talk about how he brought him back. Jerry, similar situation with Kellen. Kellen had an opportunity to go to Boise state. Jerry rolled him back in. And now again with the Miami situation. So it's two years in a row. Kellen could have been out of here and, and somehow he's back, but um, the only, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this out. There's a very small possibility. This could go a different direction than JG because of Sean Payton. So, I mean, again, we talked about that at nauseum, uh, and we'll probably revisit this next year, but Sean Payton gives the Cowboys a little bit of hope that, that you get a real guy in here next season. If Dallas Cowboys are wishy, wishy washy next year, the offense is up and down does just enough though. Could see Kellen Moore. Could see Kellen Moore as your head coach. That's not good. That's not good. 351-999-3787 is a call in line. I never thought that Kellen was ready to be a head coach personally. Uh, even when there were a lot of people clamoring for Kellen Moore to be the head coach early in the year where Cowboys were like 6-1 and one and uh, McCarthy was kind of weird with some of his um, clock management. 
people were calling for Kellen Moore, I said, I don't know, man. I don't really feel Kellen Moore as a head coach material. Now, Dan Quinn, that's a different story. Uh, but maybe he'll develop that over the next year or two. But he still needs to come through the ranks, in my opinion. Um, the guy that did get the job in Mike McDaniels, by the way. I did not know he was biracial. <laughs> I get the, inf- the, the, the the information on, you know, the notification and stuff on Twitter and everywhere else. And, hey, they was real hyped to plaster this all over. The, the, the NFL hires its first minority head coach. And I'm like, who? Mike McDaniels. I said, excuse me? Wait a minute, let me make sure I got the right Mike McDaniel. I had to hit him with the, you know how the old folk, no offense to the old folk in the building, salute to y'all, but y'all know y'all do this with y'all phones. That's Mike McDaniel? Okay. I had to hit him with the old folk because I, I, I didn't know he was biracial. I didn't, yeah. So, um, okay, I guess. But they was real excited to to <laughs> to tell us. It was real excited, huh? The first buyer. All right, man. All right, we'll see. Eric Bieniemy uh, has a he did have excuse me eight hour interview with the Saints, so maybe Bieniemy will get that job. Brian Flores, another minority up for the Texans job, which they want to give it to uh, McCown. So damn bad. It's ridiculous. Whatever though. And I believe there's one more job. Oh, the Vikings. They hired Kevin unofficially or likely going to hire Kevin McConnell. I, I'm, I'm with you, Chuck. I am still kind of confused about the situation. But, hey, I found out this some research he is. So, salute to Mike McDaniels. I like him a lot. I wanted him here in Dallas. Not going to lie to you. And I feel like this is this is kind of the same thing during the Jason Garrett era. I have no idea what, what Mike McDaniels is going to be as a head coach. Didn't have any idea about LaFleur and about – um, Kyle Shanahan and 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 McVay and Zach Taylor and things like that. But you watch these young guys that come under successful trees go to these places and turn those franchises around. You do. Meanwhile, Cowboys do just enough to keep a Jason Garrett or just enough to keep a Mike McCarthy who, again, I, I would have been okay if they would have tried to go get one of these guys. I would have been okay. He's back, but if he's going to be back, then you need to do something to help him or help this team move forward. And we know that's not the case right now. So um, we'll see. We'll see how McDaniels does. This just feels like it's the same thing where you had a Mike Tomlin go get hired, the John Harbaugh's, the uh, all these other coaches, the successful, the McVeighs, I mean, the Shanahan's, all these successful coaches hired while we just hung on to those that make Jerry and 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 Steven feel snug at night, you know, they make them feel snug. They, they, they don't they don't feel like those guys are going to bring any confrontation. They're going to do what they say, things like that. So uh, that's why those guys are here. Yeah, I know McCown is out in Houston. I'm just saying they they really want to hire Josh McCown, Jamie, and they really do. But they know they can't because it'd be a ridiculous hire. You got a guy with 18 years of experience, and not just him. Now they're moving on to Lovey Smith. Guys who are experienced in the NFL and have have more clout in the NFL, and you would hire a guy who's never coached a day in his life. And I don't care if he was a backup quarterback forever. He hasn't coached. 
That's the problem with this guy, Kellen Moore, getting the offensive coordinator position after one year of O's. We went down this path before. These guys need to earn it, in my opinion. And McCown, you know, may be a great guy. I don't think Josh McCown has earned it yet. I think it would be a bad hire by Houston. Uh, hire him as an offense coach. Hire him as a, a quarterback's coach. Put him on staff. Let him work his way up the ranks. But I think it would have been crazy to hire Josh McCown over some of these other Eric B. Enemies and, and Flores and Mike McDaniels and Kevin O'Connell's, all these other guys that are qualified to be head coach. Would have been crazy, man. Would have been absolutely crazy. But all right. He does look like Logic. Wow, that's crazy, Jeremy. Mike McDaniel. If y'all don't know who Logic is, go type in Logic. By the way, under, I, th- I think Logic is good. Damn. Some people don't like him. But I think he's nice. But go look up Logic. He's a rapper. Before we get into the roundup, which is going to be a featured article, did you guys watch the Pro I don't watch the Pro Bowl anymore. I stopped watching the Pro Bowl for years. I, I, I go and watch the highlights, but my goodness. Do I still have my drop? I don't think I still have my drop no more. I don't. But what was that? I don't got my drop anymore. I don't watch the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl obviously changed. I get it. Money is players are trying to protect themselves more. I I totally understand. But get rid of the game. The weekend is pretty dope. You know, the skills challenges, the Madden stuff, the awards and all that. That's pretty cool. The actual game is disrespectful to the game. It's not fun to watch. Oh, they, they, they hike the ball. The offensive defensive linemen stand up. They just, they, you know, they're sitting there talking about what they, you know, where they're going for vacation in the off season. The quarterback is just running around, throws it up. They're two hand. What is that? How could, do you enjoy that? I'm curious as a, as an NFL fan, do you guys enjoy what you see in the pro bowl? Let me see here. Pro Bowl was better in Hawaii, says William Anthony. It was better in Hawaii. But but again, I'm not going to be one of those guys that are like, hey, man, in 2000, in 98, 93, whatever, where they, they actually played the game. I, I, I 100% understand why you don't go 100% in this game, why you don't, which is why I'm advocating to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Uh, Mo says, hell no. D.A. Lee says, uh, I'd rather see the skills challenge. Chuck says, hell no. Let me pull y'all up here. My apologies. Boom. Um, I think Tyler Eifert would have enjoyed it compared to ruining his career. Again, get rid of it. The Tyler Eifert tore his ACL. Get, that was around the time I still wasn't watching the Pro Bowl. Get rid of the game. Acknowledge the it, Make it kind of like, uh, you, you guys remember, you watched the, the documentary, the, the all-Madden recognition. You got recognized to be on the All-Madden team. It was almost better than being on the Pro Bowl team. Did they play an All-Madden game? No. Recognize it. Put that on their accolades. They go into the the, the meetings and and the negotiations and say, yeah, I'm a three-time Pro Bowler. That's fine. They're they're not going into these negotiations saying, hey, I'm a three-time Pro Bowler. Here's my Pro Bowl tape. Who cares about that game? The game is terrible. It's terrible. Did anybody enjoy it? I, I mean, I seriously want to hear if people enjoy the way the game is played now. Um, because, because again, y'all know me. I like to hear from the other side. I'm not just about everybody agreeing with me unless it's something, you know, you all agree with. 
Um, Marcelo B said, just Micah beating Tyreek. So you're talking about the the skills challenge. Like, if they treated it like like the skills challenge, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the greatest ideas for this, but maybe make the skills challenge the feature of, of Pro Bowl weekend. Do all the skills on the field, in front of the fans, during the day. Make it fun. Involve fans. Bring them down. Do do something different than that damn game. That, that was that was whack. Um, I said they, they should have canceled the Pro Bowl after Sean Taylor says Joe Peasy. James says the Pro Bowl is trash. I don't watch it. <laughs> Tom Downey's. I've seen more contact watching my grandma play rummy. B-Bird says he hasn't watched the Pro Bowl in 15 years. Yeah, I, it, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've actually sat and watched the Pro Bowl. I don't know how you can do it. Uh, I think you only get 10K to play in the Pro Bowl, says CJ Richards. Yeah, they get some type of weird, if you win, you get more money. I think Goodell did something years ago where they upped the amount so that there would be more effort. But there, there's not enough money that you're going to be able to pay these guys, especially the Watts and and, and the, the guys that are getting ridiculous amount of millions of dollars a game, pretty much, that they're going to risk themselves in a meaningless exhibition, not even an exhibition, in a walkthrough. It was a walkthrough. Uh, Joe Peasy says it's trash. Jeremy, it's corny. Yeah. Jacob said, I went to a Little League football game, uh, then watched that. I enjoyed the skills competition, but I definitely think they should get rid of that Pro Bowl. So there's that, y'all. All right. I'm going to jump right into the roundup, which, again, is an article feature from my guy Mauricio that ties into this Kellen Moore stuff that I, I hit on about a week or so ago. But we're going to dive into it a little bit more. So uh, let's jump into the roundup. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. Time for the morning roundup. Presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. Whether it be for weight loss, strengthening up, toning up sports, or stress relief, head over to TFF. They have everything you need. Check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Again, today's roundup is an article feature. So head on over to A to Z SportsDallas.com and check out this article by one Mauricio Rodriguez that he wrote about a week ago, actually. It says, Dallas Cowboys, one thing the offense must change in 2022. I have three. But the one thing he was speaking of is something that is a trend around the league that Dallas just for whatever reason will not wake up and do even with a young offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore it is no shock to me why Miami went with Mike McDaniels he's hip <laughs> he's hip to the the ways of the NFL and they have they have a quarterback that I think will benefit greatly from the way Mike McDaniels does things. And again, his article is titled, One Thing the Dallas Cowboys Must Do 
must change in 2022. And he's talking about the pre-snap, at-snap motion. And let's go ahead and just jump straight into my number one need of improvement with Kellen Moore because it ties into this article written by Mauricio. He states more pre-snap, at-snap motion. And I will add in more misdirection as well with that. For whatever reason, ladies and gentlemen, as we've talked about ad nauseum here on this channel, especially in the back half of the season, all of that seemed to stop. And there are numbers that, that indicate this. Dallas Cowboys are the team that uses the least motion at the snap on design run plays, and they rank 29th in motion at the snap in dropbacks. That's something that has to change. When you go look at some of these successful offenses, new age, I should say, and I don't want to, I don't want to act like all of pre-snap at snap misdirection is the is the, the best way. But the the Kansas Cities, the the Rams, the Niners, Cincy. These teams use more misdirection and at snap motion than the Dallas Cowboys. Again, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But for a, a, a copycat league, you would think doing that more often, right, would be something that would be successful. Let's let's just take a look at, let me see if I can find some of it here. Hold on. Because we showed some plays where this at snap, pre-snap stuff worked. I just got to find it, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. We showed where some of these plays worked. 21 personnel set. And we'll we'll get back into one of my top three things as well involves him. Misdirection. That's, That's two plays in a row. I'm showing you here misdirection early in the season. And we just never seem to go back to this. And I know there's a conspiracy theory out there that Jerry and Steven said, you know, hey, don't do any of this. I don't even like to call this cute. This is just new age football. Uh, Don't do any of this new age football stuff. Line up and run it. That very well may be true. And if it's true, that's a detriment to this team. But this stuff works. This stuff works. Uh, Already VOK says fire Kelly Moore. Caesar says, opposite of where we found all of our success, KC and everybody else but the 49ers and Rams did it just as much as we did. No, no, no. The Cowboys were last. In least motion at the snap on design run plays and 29th in motion at the snap and dropbacks. Do what works for you. This stuff works. How many times did we see them line up in shotgun and just run up the A-gap? Uh, the Real Durrell says, Michael H., the RPO puts your quarterback at a risk of injury. You can run that in college when you play uh, play teams that do not have a talent in the NFL. So, so I think we get confused with RPO and read option. RPO is run pass option. I would like to see a little bit more of that. I'm not necessarily saying a whole bunch of it, but the read option is basically I'm going to put it in in the running back's hands. 
or I'm going to pull it and run myself. I don't want to see Dak do a ton of that outside of the red zone, green zone. Maybe on a third and two or something like that or, you know, I'm cool with that. I don't really necessarily need to see Dak Prescott run a ton. When I say misdirection, I don't mean, you know, using Dak like Lamar Jackson. I'm saying utilize misdirection to help your offense. It clearly can, no matter how bad you think the offensive line is, because, you know, we get on the offensive line because we can. It's our offensive line. But when you go look around the league and you stack it up against some of these other offensive lines, it's not as bad as we make it out to be. So, cool, your offensive line is struggling. How do you help them? Well, let's move this defensive tackle. Let's make him think for a split second. Let's move this tight end. I'm sorry, this linebacker. Let's make him think for a split second. Let's attack the edges. Let's utilize our speed guy, which, again, we'll get to in my, in my one of my top three needs of improvement with one Kellen Moore. Let's do more of this. Wham blocks, traps. These things all seem to disappear the more and more we went on to the season. So bring that back, Kellen, and I think you're you're on the right track to getting better as a play caller. Again, I get it. It's only four years in. Most play callers, callers aren't their greatest this early in their, in their careers. He will get better. It's just a matter of when will he get better. Before I get to my second one, let's hop into the phone lines. Got my guy B-Bird on the horn. What's up, B-Bird? Hey, uh, you nothing much. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm just trying to get this Monday off to a good start. Yeah, I saw uh, you talking about Kellen Moore. So, man, I had a, a question for you. I guess this is a real discussion because it's just something kind of on my mind. Um, one of the things I made the analogy of is um, Kellen Moore kind of reminds me of when I played basketball. Um, I never played organized because I wasn't good enough, and I'll tell you why, because you did play organized. You understand this. Um, at the at the park, I was cold-blooded, man. Nobody could stop me until <laughs> uh, uh, but until this. Until they figure out I ain't had no left hand, because mm. I couldn't go to my left to save my right to, to, to save my life. But uh, guys didn't know it, and then they figured out. They're like, "Wait a minute, dude! This dude ain't never going left. Let's play. Let's get on his right hand." Mm-hmm. And when they did that, I was shut down, man. Now, if I now if it's somebody that didn't know me, it took a while. We won the game a time. They figured out I ain't had no left hand. Kellen Moore, right now, doesn't have a left hand, man. He doesn't have a counter. And so when somebody stops him on the right, he, you know, if you get the analogy, he really doesn't no, have anything, no, nothing to go back on. I 100% agree. I'm the opposite. I'm a lefty. And it took a while for people to realize this motherfucker is left-handed. I'm sitting here playing his right, and I'm like, thank you. You know you know how it is in basketball. Yeah. If they find out you can't yeah. go one yeah. way or another, they're going to play you one way. Um, and then they Correct. found out I'm left-handed, and that's what made me actually be, become more ambidextrous and do things with my right hand. I'm actually ambidextrous in general. But we need Kellen to be that, right? We, we thought that yeah. he was that at the beginning of the season um, un, until he was figured out. And as we've been saying for a long time, there really was no counter. That's not to say Kellen can't develop a counter, right? Like, like I would imagine he's a smart young kid. At some point, you would think he'd develop a counter. I thought he was smart enough to develop that in season. It didn't happen. Now you got all off season to do it. Let's see what you got because he's here, unfortunately. So one one of the things I, I was I was thinking about because I was pretty down on Kellen Moore also at the end of the year, but one of the things I thought about was you know it was it was a, I think pretty much after the uh, Patriots game where things start kind of going downhill, and uh, well, excuse me the Minnesota Vikings game 
after yep. start going down after the bye week but, yeah yeah so but it reminds me of 2019 i don't know if you remember i think we were three and oh going to new orleans saints and we lost that game to i think a backup teddy bridgewater back and yeah teddy there was teddy also again mm-hmm. okay so the thing the thing about it is that game that remind is something that happened in that game that reminded me a lot of the second half they stopped our run game with the front seven Yep. And our past game never got off that time. And I said, wow. But what I thought about was when you don't have that many people that's talented enough to stop our run game with the front seven. So it's either two things happen here. Either you're talented enough or or our offensive line is lacks the talent. In the second half of the year, I think our offensive line suffered so much. It threw, it threw Kellen's scheme off because Kellen's scheme is based off of this is my, and you can, you know, correct me on this. Hey, we establish a run, make them commit more men to the run, then we throw. But at, at the second half of the year, people did not have to commit more people for a couple of reasons. We had a hurt Zeke, and that left side of the line was, was pretty much trash. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm trying to see if, so the question I would pose to you is this. Two things. I think that we got to get the left side of the line fixed, and that's just all it is to it. But here's the second thing, and I'll get off the phone. This is what I want to ask you, and this, I really don't know this answer. Should Kellen be that beholden to that, that plan? Because, like, if it doesn't work, like the run game, do you have anything else? Or should it was legitimate, like, hey, we couldn't run the ball, and so ain't nothing going to work when we, we couldn't run the ball. So I just want to ask you those questions to see if, you know, if, if Kellen is fixable because – if we could fix the offensive so. line, then his plan works well. But but see, that, that, and that's where the there's a conundrum. There's a we're not sure of with Kellen. What really that that's what you assume his that's his game plan right? or that's his scheme. I really don't know what his scheme is to be honest with you, because it was night and day, first half, second half. And I listen, I understand injuries and things like that. But but again, I watch other offensive lines that are worse. I've I've watched other offensive lines that don't have the the, the continuity as well, but they're their scheme aids them. People forget the 49ers offensive line had injuries up front. They did. And because of the scheme, it aided the run game and aided the quarterback. Um, so, yes, I get it, right? The, the offensive line shuffle was not – it did not help anybody. Uh, Zeke Elliott being hurt, it did not help anybody. But, again, I was looking for my coach because when the players suffer, right, B-Bird, or when the players are struggling, it, it, we look to the coaches. You look to the coaches in college. You look to the coaches in, in high school. You look to the coaches in small ball. Why are we not looking to the coaches in the pros, right? There, there's clearly an issue in regards to the players adapting to what the, what the teams are doing to them. So now I need my coach to do that, and I just didn't see it from Kellen. And if you really think about it, this was the first year we had a fair shake at Kellen. And this is what I mean. Year one, we all chalked it up as a mulligan, right? First year, 2019, ah, this is your first year as offense coordinator. We all gave him a, a a pass, even though it was pretty solid for the most part. But we were like, ah, we'll see what happens. Year two, Dak gets hurt. When Dak was in, all the numbers, right? Number one offense, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then year, and then he gets hurt, so you have all these backups. Now year three, you have Dak for a full year, you, mostly for a full year. You got most of your team for a full year. And this was a year three, right? Three years in, you got some experience, you got these players, let's see what you got. And I think it was a tell of two halves. So we got three years of Kellen Moore and only one really, if you combine it together, one year of full, solid, 
consistent coordinating, in my opinion. And that was the first half of 2019 and the second and the first half of 2020. Is there a theme? Does he does he get tired out? Does he get figured out and, and can't uh, adapt? Maybe, maybe be Bert. Yeah, and and so I, I guess I, uh, I just don't want this this thing again to whereas we shouldn't have to be perfect uh, as far as uh, players and, and and all healthy for it to work right. I guess that's what you're saying also, right? You, you're going to go through some of these injuries and you're going to have to adapt to that. And what I'm he's getting a lot of criticism. Um, and the light shined on him right now. So I think that Kellen, if, you know, if he's human, I mean, like he sure, is, sure. I know, he's going to go in and say, man, look, that, I, hey, they figured out I had a plan. They, hey, off the run game fell off and my plan fell off also. This is the way they adjusted it to me. And we didn't respond well at all. So I got to go and find a, find a counter to that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hopefully we can come back next year, man, because uh, he's going to be here, man. You can just tell how the Joneses talk about oh, this guy. Oh, he's here. Yeah, they he's think not... he's the next big thing. Yeah. yeah. And and nothing has been his fault. They haven't put any kind of uh, blame on him or any pressure on him. But hopefully in itself, he said, hey, what I put out there that second half of the year, yeah, guys were hurt, but I could not adapt to it. So uh, hopefully he goes in and, and comes out the lab with something different, man. And, uh, hey, Scott, I appreciate the time, man, and, and sure. input on it too. And uh, you have a good show, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you as always, B-Bird. Uh, right. Let's get to 312, and then I'll go to my second uh, point. What's up, 312? Sky? Yes, sir. Oh, man, I'm calling from Rio de Janeiro, man. I'm through Chicago. This is, Rio! Uh, Cowboy fans, it's nice. Rio, it's 99 degrees down here, man. We're trying to step down here. But I'm going to be real quick. I've been a fan since 1969, so I've seen a lot of the Dallas Cowboys. Used to be a season ticket holder as well. I know Mr. Schramm and all of them. Had a chance to meet Jerry. Wow. But I just want to comment on the Kevin Moore situation real quick. Sure. If you look at our team the last 10 years, We've always had a top five, top ten when it came to personnel on the actual squad itself. Our problem is we do not know how to put our talent in position to dominate in a game. Kevin Moore said in his own press conference, our, my system, your system fails. You don't pay Amari Cooper to fit in a system $100 million. You pay him $100 million so you can put him in a situation so he can dictate to a defense. And until we change our – remember what Zeke said when he came back from Cabo? Hey, Zeke, how are you going to get ready for the, for, the, for the season? We only got five running plays. Well, Kevin added two. The, the, white, the, uh, the jet sweep and the wide receiver pitch. I don't yeah. even remember him so saying that. Team, that's telling. Yeah, that's telling. And then when Kevin's got the same system that Scott Linehan had and that Jason Garrett had, it just had he just got better players, man. So until we start attacking a team with our – we don't game plan. We just do what we do. This is how we do it. Remember the old uh, Montel Jordan song? That's this the Dallas Cowboys in for the last 15 years. <laughs> this is how we do it. Regardless of the – I don't want to hear yeah. about our offensive line. All teams have bad offensive lines. When we played Kansas City this year, they didn't have a run game, but they developed their run game scheme for us when we played them by using the Wildcat situation with their, with their tight ends. We don't do that. We're not a creative team. I can sit back with my daughter who's 10 years old and she can go run, pass, run, because our scheme is that simple. We don't switch out week in and week out. Facts. We don't game plan week in and week out with the talent that we have. Yeah, our run game fell off. Why? Because we didn't switch. We don't game plan for the talent we have on the field. If you got, oh, your, your right tackle is going to be out, 
then you don't game plan for him. Don't put him in a situation where he's pass blocking 99.9% of the time because he's going to have a problem. If you know you're going to have problems on the line, we don't game plan like that. And I put this solely on the head coach and on Jerry. You know, Kevin Moore is a product of the tree he fell from. Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan. He just put a little bit more flavor on it. I saw nothing creative over the last two years. People want to give him a buy-year life. I'm not giving anybody a This is the NFL. Other teams adapt and move forward. Look at the four teams that were in the Super Bowl, the final this year. Look at, look at uh, none, none of those teams are as, as good as the Cowboys, personnel-wise. They all have better – people want to dash on Dak and Zeke's not coaching, man. If I know you're running the same die play on, on third and one that you've been doing in the same formation – yeah, I'm going to stack the box and stop your run because you're not showing me anything different. If you're not going to put a mark, like, like what did Michael, what did Troy Aikman said? If, if Irving was in this game, he'd have had a hundred, he'd have had a hundred, he'd have had a hundred yards. And, in the and first half, yeah. I would have dogged out. We don't attack. We don't attack. We don't adjust and we don't attack. And I'm not really, I'm not sold on Mike McCarthy. I never was because if he had Aaron Rodgers, he only had one Super Bowl. And since he's been gone, they've been 28 and seven. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 36 and 8. So that, that shows you right there, Mike McCarthy is not the guru we think he is. And I'm sorry, Kevin Moore, he needs, I wish he would have got the job in Miami. Man. A lot of us we, do. We, 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 specialize in, we specialize in wasting talent. We've wasted 10 years of talent. You know, we wasted the Tony Romo era with Dez. Then we, then we were wasting the same thing with Dak and Zeke. These guys should have been in the Super Bowl easily this year. We, we lost games we should have won this year. You know, we, we should have beat uh, – Arizona. That yeah, yeah. that was a winnable game. We had no game plan. We should have beat San Francisco. We had no game plan. So I'm just sorry, man. You know, I'm not giving. No, don't be I've sorry. Been a, I've been a fan since 1969, and I see a lack of creativity on the offensive side. When I can sit back and call a game play by play, pretty much verbatim, but based on the offensive set. Cooper and, doesn't disappear. And let's not. He's written out of the game plan. He's, and let's not get it twisted. These 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 little razzle dazzle trick plays is not creativity, that's desperation. No, that's not creativity. When, when you have to yeah, go, that's when, that's when you have creativity. to do a, a hook and lateral play on the second possession of your playoff game, you have become desperate very early, and you have shown your opponent that you're now feeling some type of way, and we the blood is in the water, and Kellen Moore's well, razzle dazzle plays are not creativity to me. Never have been. They're, they're not creativity. They're not creativity, man. I'm sorry. And I, I, I'm not buying it. You know, I wish Jerry would wake up and stop smelling his own sauce. I love Jerry Jones, but coaching is killing the Dallas Cowboys. It's not the talent. We've got top 10 rosters every year. The problem is coaching. I have never had, I didn't have faith in Jason Garrett when, he, when they brought him on. I did, did, definitely don't have faith in Mike McCartney. And until they get a, a, a coach, that no understand. I must game plan per week. My talent versus your talent. This team will suffer. We might have a good. Re- we might have another twelve and five or thirteen and four season. But when it gets to playoff football, a whole different strategy. That's where we fail. It comes back and, down to coaching. And see, that's the thing. We I'm, might I'm be. Too- this guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we could have another twelve no, and five, ahead. thirteen and three, or or whatever season, but. Who did you lose to and how did you lose? And I'm about to get into to some some numbers here in a second that shows a, a concerning. I'm sorry. That was just bad coaching. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, if you lose to all the good teams, I don't give that. a damn about my 13 you had 35 put up on him easily. Easily. You know? Um, when your head coach said the team looked a little tense coming out, 
I was I was through with Mike McCartney then. Can you hear me? Yep, yep, I hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was through with McCartney when he said, "Well, we looked a little tense coming out." And how you look tense, man? You are you are you are a professional head football coach. Your team should have been picked. Your game that means your game plan was the same thing they rolled out three weeks ago, and they weren't sure about it. it. Was. So I'm sorry, man. No, I you're love good, the man. Cowboys, you you're know? good, brother. I appreciate the passion. You spit nothing but facts, man. Um, definitely call in some more, brother. Definitely will, man. Well, you guys watch out for us here in Brazil. We're launching the American Football League down here too. So we're going to be doing some stuff at the Star, one of our combines. We're pretty excited about that in 2024. I'll send you guys some gear, man. You keep doing the good work, man. Love the Cowboy Nation. The blessings to you and the family. And you guys be safe, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. You have a good one, brother. Great call. I love the passion. Knows what you're talking about, too. I mean, we all can see these things. We're just fans. We're just fans. Let's get to number two. And before I get to number two, a lot of people are going to say this, and I get it. You know, listen, number one offense. I get it. I get it. That's that rings. That rings very hollow to me, though. Because I don't feel like it's number one when it matters. I don't feel like it's number one when it matters. And that's dating back to 2019. Because people will say, oh, he's had the number one offense since he's been a play caller. Okay. When has it been number one when it mattered, Cowboys Nation? When have you said, damn, Kellen dialed up that that game against KC. He dialed up that game against Arizona. He dialed up that game against uh, San Fran, Denver. Etc. Etc. There, there is this arrogance and smugness about the offense that I don't buy as confidence. Let's go back and listen to a lot of the interviews, post game, or just Kellen in general. Really, I mean, just a lot of nut accountability, just not there. But go listen to the interviews after these losses, or preparing for some of these games, or even after some of the wins where the offense wasn't great, and we were like. What's going on? There was this smugness, this arrogance that, ah, we're fine, we're fine. What's the saying? You can't piss on me and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I sent you. I see it, Cowboys Nation. I see the, I'm not in the meetings. I get it. I'm not, but but I'm also, I have eyeballs and I know there's issues and I and I see that we're not really correcting these issues, but then we're, you're coming on here and you're saying, Ah, we're fine, or or you're being real smug about it. Not just Kellen. Dak was the same way. Zeke, all these guys are very smug about it. Am I tripping? But but that's just kind of how I, I got it. Uh, but this offense, I get it. Number one, yeah, number one. When is it number one when it matters? But here's my second thing that I need them to do next year under Kellen Morris. Get off to better starts, Cowboys Nation. For whatever reason, the Dallas Cowboys were not great coming out of the gates in 2021. Not great. And I think it played into a lot of these losses against some of the best teams. Think about it. The Cowboys had six losses. In five of the six losses, they scored zero, three, seven, seven, and 13 points in the first half. Kellen Moore's first 15. I know I've been talking about this for a long time. 
Very questionable. It's one thing if 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 the Cowboys were a good opening drive team majority of the season, and then in a few games they have issues. But when it's game after game after game, that falls on the coaching. I'm sorry. Listen to this. I didn't even know this until I went back and researched. Since the bye week, and we're not counting week 18, whatever. The Cowboys have one opening drive touchdown. That was versus the Atlanta Falcons. Aside from the Falcons game, this is real. They scored three total points on their opening drives against everyone else. Three. A field goal against the Washington football people on the road. Majority of their drives opening the game ended in five or six plays and a handful of them in three and outs. We've got to be better with the first 15. We have to get off to better starts. I notoriously give credit to the Andy Reeds and the enemies and the Shanahan's and, and Mike Daniels and the Sean McVay's. Their first 15s are exceptional. They're really good. Dallas averages six points per game in the first half of the five losses after week one. Six points. Gots to get better. Gots to get off to better starts. You have to. Because against bad teams, it'll be fine. Carolina, whatever. Philly, whatever. It'll be fine. When you're playing up against better teams or better defenses or coaches that have prepared for you at a higher level than others, you got to get off to better starts. Zero points, three points, seven points, seven points. That that cannot happen. That can't happen, Cowboys Nation. So first two, more misdirection and at snap motion. And then it got to get off to better starts. In fact, The Thanksgiving game was the only game of the five losses after week one where they scored more than seven points in the first half. Can't do it. Cannot do it. Denver had a top defense. Kansas City was Kansas City. Arizona wanted the better defenses. San Fran wanted the better defenses. You want to be number one? You want to show me you're the number one offense? Do it against those guys. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's get to my third and final. Well, it really isn't final, but this is just my third one, I'll say. Involve Tony Pollard more both on the ground and in the air. We've had the Tony Pollard conversation how many times, Cowboys Nation? How many times? A lot. I think he was grossly underutilized. My bad. I didn't want to do this one. I wanted to do this. I think he was grossly underutilized throughout the season, particularly in the second half. And before certain people say, oh, well, he was injured. He didn't get injured till that game. (laughs) He didn't get injured till that game. There were plenty of games prior and after that he could have still got the rock a little bit more. Uh, The first, what, five, six weeks TP was averaging like something like 12 to 13 touches a game. That's that's great. He needed to, to average that more. 
He was, in, in fact, he was averaging anywhere between 12 to 13 rushes. But the underutilization of Tony Pollard to me is one of the most mystifying things offensively in 2021 in the second half of the season. Because anytime the Cowboys needed a big play in a game that they were struggling, Tony Pollard usually bust one open for him. Here's Tony Pollard's season, minimum 100 carries. He's eighth in the league in first down percentage. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry off tackle. Zeke averaged 3.7. He's third in the NFL in outside runs. He averaged over eight yards per carry. Eighth in the NFL in yards after contact. And on the in the receiving end of things, he was seventh in yak per reception. I just don't understand how you look at a guy like Tony Pollard, you see the success that he's had, and we say, you know what? We're going to give him three touches. We're going to give him six carries, six touches, whatever it was against the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to give him four against the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't want to hear, ah, he was hurt. He was so hurt, you put him on kickoff, and he still ran a 40-yard kickoff. (laughs) So... I don't know. I would love to, and I'm going to try my hardest to, to, to dig deep and figure out why Tony Pollard just kind of went away in the second half of the season, Cowboys Nation. Why? I've been saying this for years, for the last, since he's been drafted. Ezekiel Elliott's lost that burst. I get it. Okay. He's a hammer. And with hammers, if you don't, Stick to the run. If you don't run the ball 25 times with that hammer, 20 times with that hammer, 30 times, it's very, very high possibility with a guy that doesn't have the same burst, especially when he gets hurt, especially if they load up, you're going to get a game, something like 16 carries for 45 yards. Right? So if my hammer is struggling or my hammer can't can't quite get through these holes because they're not there, let me put a guy in here who can maybe bust one because he has that explosiveness. Who can make people miss at the second level a little bit better, right? Who can take a, a five-yard gain and turn it into a 40. And we have saw we saw that with Tony Pollard. Some of the plays were called back, but, you know, we saw that a lot with TP. So I feel like if they involve Tony Pollard more in both the ground and the air, it helped make Kellen Moore look smarter. It helped make Kellen Moore look smarter. So those are three of the the areas of improvement, I think, that if Kellen comes back, that we need to do, Cowboys Nation, that he needs to do. And, you know, there's there's more there's more intricacies within the, the scheme. There's get some certain players, think, upgrade the offensive line. There's other things, right? But I feel like these aren't hard to do. More misdirection, that's not, that's not hard to do. Getting off to a better start may be the hardest thing to do on this this list here. But that's better game planning. And then involving Tony Pollard more in the ground and the air. That's not hard to do. What y'all got to say about that? <laughs> Tom said none of it's going to change. Uh, Donald says, scheme your playmakers open. Yeah. Yeah, Donald. That, that's yeah. So one of the things we talk about a lot is, is, is scheme and We'll, we'll probably talk about this all the way up until preseason. Hopefully, Kellen Moore learns that 
your scheme can be about your featured players. Like your scheme can be about your best guys. I do have a hard time believing if you you if you lose a an Amari Cooper uh, you, and you don't replace him, and you go into the season with Semi Fehoko and Sed Wilson and C.D. Lamb and whatever receiver you drafted, I, I I don't know how you're going to get better unless you make improvements to your scheme. But I feel like the players help mask the issues with the scheme and they couldn't do it enough in the second half of the season. TC says involving Tony Pollard is the most important change he needs to make next year. Yeah. Oscar says Kellen Moore only cares about the pass and pass protection and Zeke is a better pass protector. Definitely feels like that, right? He he definitely feels like he goes away from the, the, the rushing attack. And when we look at, Oh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? When we look at things like this right here, you know, and this doesn't include the San Francisco game, but we look at things like this in the losses. And if you look at five of the six losses, there's a theme. Couldn't run well. And if it didn't even put the carries on here, there's not a ton of carries on this game. I believe the, the Vegas game may be the only game there where they ran it legitimately over 19 times. Um, and Tony Pollard had 10 or less rushes in all of these games. I mean, let's just be real. He had four rushes against them. Seven against Kansas City. Three against Arizona. I believe three or four against San Francisco. And then the most he had was 10 against Las Vegas. So Kellen has to do a better job of recognizing his personnel and utilizing his personnel. <laughs> Tom. You're funny with that one. Super chat. Uh, he says, how much of road, how much of a role does JJ have on the offense? I'd imagine you're saying Jerry Jones. Yeah, if, if we talked a little bit, made fun about it, the conspiracy aspect of it. If it's true that Jerry Jones is the one saying no to Tony and no to pre-snap and things like that, then we have a bigger problem, which very well may be the case. Uh Ruben over on Facebook says, Scott, question. Does Cowboys coaching staff watch this show? <laughs> Watch this show because they should uh, they should and listen well with a notepad. I appreciate that, Ruben, but I ain't nobody. I ain't nobody. We, we're, we're just talking this thing out, trying to figure out how we can get better under the current um, way of things in Dallas. We know ma- major changes need to happen. The sad thing about the Cowboys, at least this year, is they, they were not that far away. They were not that far away. And I feel like we've come away three or four times over the last 15 years and have said that. Um, And then the next year, they just never repeat that success, which is the scary thing about it. You're likely going to lose one or two of your best players. You're going to lose some of your role guys. You're going to have Catboy tell you that we can't replenish these guys because we don't have the cap. Whose fault is that? He's going to, you know, he's going to tell you, well, we can't go out and get the best of the best. We can't participate in a trade market because draft. But not tell you that while we draft good, we don't draft as well as everybody thinks. We don't draft well enough to ignore the trade market and ignore the free agency market. Uh, So it's back to that show me. What's the show me state? Is it Missouri? It's back to that show me state. 
God, show me, Dallas, that you can put together back-to-back years. And the heat is on. The seat is warm. Mike McCarthy knows there's a guy lurking in the cuff that likely will cost you less next year because he only have one year left on his contract to trade with the Saints. So the seat is hot for him. I think by association, the seat is hot for Kellen. Kellen likely has a, a brighter future, obviously. McCarthy, like he may not get an opportunity again. Who knows? But Kellen will. Kellen could go be a head coach probably next year. But the seat is hot for one Kellen Moore because there's just no way in hell if Sean Payton comes in here that Sean Payton is going to bring Kellen Moore aboard. Uh, Kellen Moore aboard. And Sean will straight up tell Jerry, it's me or it's him. And you'd be a fool to take this man over Sean Payton. A fool. Uh, Adrian says, would you take Scott Linehan over Kellen Moore? You know, I'm surprised, Adrian, that that question hasn't come up. It's a hypothetical. Um, Moore? Nah. Damn, I don't. I'm going to say no. I think the ceiling is higher with Kellen. But damn. At least Scott Linehan. I mean, Scott Linehan, you knew what we were going to do with them, with, with, with Scott Linehan. He was too stale, though. You know, he got too stale. He was too stubborn. The players didn't like him. I don't know if I want a guy like that in there. It's one thing to be a player's coach and be a pushover. It's another thing where people just aren't buying you anymore. They don't want to play for you. And it felt like it was getting to that point a little bit with Kellen and Amari. But, you know, Amari's not Dez. He's not Beasley. He's not going to, you know, ruffle any feathers. <laughs> Jamie Ann said they both trash. Yeah, I am. I don't, I don't think you win with either. But, but if I had to pick, I'd probably take Kellen. He's, you know, it's not. This isn't Scott Linehan's offense. He, he had a little bit tweaks to it. But there is obviously Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan DNA in it. Zampezi, Eric Coriel, very olden stuff that's in it. Not, not saying that these things. If you go look across the league, the system is still utilized in the league in regards to the route trees and things like that. But West Coast has been implemented a little bit here because of McCarthy, but not enough, in my opinion. Um, and then I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call the, the McVay tree. That needs its own thing, because I think the McVay tree, his style of offense mixes a lot of different things. It mixes the Mike Shanahan, the, which is a little bit of West Coast, right, obviously. Uh, and, and, and he has his own creativity. I don't know what the hell you would call Kellen Moore's offense. I, I don't. Special K says, no, not with Zeke, but if we had 2016 Zeke, then I would take him. I feel that. Because you know he's going to run the rock. Uh, Scott wasn't into the pre-snap stuff. Scott wasn't into all that uh, motion, uh, misdirection. Although we ran, seemed to be more jet sweeps with Scott Linehan. He did more traps, though. It's an interesting thing. I don't even want to think about it because it wasn't like it was great under there either. David Moore, Young Jedi is the fact. Is the fact Jerry hires yes men? Parcells and Johnson left because of him. Yeah, we talked about that too. We talked about that too. TC nine one five says he's done with Kellen. He's done with him. Well, can't be done with him. He'll be back one more year. And these are the things that I want to see him improve. Or well, not this one. These are the things I want to see him uh, improve upon. More misdirection, Kellen. Get off to better starts and involve Pollard more both on the ground and in the air. As we continue to move through the offseason, there's there's personnel things that will help him with this, right? Like B. Bird talked about 
the left side of the offensive line getting better. The offensive line in general. The improvement of your quarterback, the continued development of your quarterback. What do you, what's going to happen with the wide receivers? You know, I don't mean to bury the lead because we talk about it a lot on Friday, but the possibility of losing Amari Cooper, it's massive. But we talked about that on Friday. We'll see. But something needs to be done because the league year starts in about six weeks, right, y'all? About six, five, six weeks. There's likely going to be a move that's made for, for Amari Cooper one way or another. I personally would not get rid of him. I'd probably restructure and, and try to go the all-in approach. And I use that very loosely. Because all in with the Cowboys, we know that's not going to happen. But if there was a year to do it in the NFC, this would be the year. And you just live with the results. Give me the most talent possible to overcome what's above them, y'all. That's how I do it. Uh, Francisco, question about the online moves. Lyell to guard, still the right tackle? Absolutely. I think that's how you start to help your offensive line is to do that. Still draft a guard. Still draft a tackle. You never can have too many good offensive linemen uh, because the league doesn't have enough of them. And DA says, ain't no way I would move on from Coop. I don't see Lamb or Gallup as number ones just yet. Yeah. um, I feel like Lamb could be number one. I feel like Lamb will be a better number one than Juju. That makes sense. Because I feel like Juju could be the comp if an Amari Cooper leaves. Remember when uh, Antonio Brown left the Steelers. Juju was a number one. Wasn't so great. I feel like he could be a better number one than that. Um, but I don't know if he's the, the number one in the sense of how Amari Cooper can dictate coverages just yet. By sheer vol- volume? Yeah, yeah. Be number one by volume. And Jay believes Juju is a pure slot. We talked about that as well on Friday. Potentially bringing in the mailbag. Potentially bringing in Juju. I guess I would look elsewhere. I would look in the draft. I would can keep my damn wide receiving core. Um, if, if Gallup is going to be too much, bring back said, if he's going to be too much draft a guy, you have two top flight. When I say top flight, I mean, you got two really damn good wide receivers in Cooper and, and CD lamb. I don't need to do too much else there. Y'all. I don't. And Adrian says he's gone. It's, it's feeling that way. Adrian Cooper's gone. The moment him getting the sickness cost him two games. Hope I'm wrong, but I doubt it. I, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong, Adrian. I, I hope you're wrong. I hope we're all wrong. But it feels like Amari Cooper's out of here. All right, let me get to Reek, and then we will head out. What's up, Reek? Hey, hey, what's going on, Skywalker? How you doing, sir? What's up with you, brother, man? I'm, I'm good. How your morning going? I'm cool, man. I'm cool, man. You know, Cowboy Nation, stand up. You know, like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. Hit that like button. Uh, Skywalker still is the best. My man. Uh, what I what I got to say is, you know, I haven't really been listening or like that uh, last week and this week, but I have been kind of picking up a little stuff, going back, watching things. Sure. Uh, my thing is like this. Man, I don't want no uh, Schuster on this team, man. I don't want that bad. That bad juju, I got to go step on people's <laughs> logos out here and get cracked 
cross the head. He's trying to do that against us in the Dallas game, bro. Like, yeah, come man. on, man. We don't need all that them antics on this team, man. We And, you know, because uh, my whole thing is like this with, with our team, man. Uh, I'm tired of let's follow the money. Let the money dictate what happens on the field with these with this team and these players. I'm tired of that shit, man. Yeah. It's like. When is enough enough, Jerry, Stephen? When, when is enough enough, man? When are we going to understand, okay, we did it our way for so long. It didn't work. Let's do it the right way. Let's do it the way that we're supposed to do it. Let's back up. Let's just go find the right pieces, the right pa- uh, paper, I mean, uh, people to put in place to handle the business. Because what they're doing is out of out of order, man. You're talking about, why every offseason we're talking about losing one of our key guys? Um because they go out to the media and say something that you don't like. I kind of agree with Des Bryant a little bit. You know what I mean? Everybody can't be saying the same damn thing uh, about what's going on in Dallas. You know what I mean? From old players to new players. Everybody's saying the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Once you go back into the archive. You know what I mean? Uh, and everything that man is saying is not wrong. But my whole thing is like this with, with, with our ownership. Bruh, quit just thinking that you 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 got an eye for talent as far as these coordinators. Let the coach dictate who he wants as a coordinator. But if you're gonna give him a coordinator that you want, don't put don't put the handcuffs on him when that when that coordinate that coordinator's not doing his job right. Because mm. that's BS. And you you pay Amari Cooper this money to do his thing out there. You feed him when it's time to feed him. And that playoff and that, game was the time to feed him. And you know that's what pisses me off. Uh, Reek is, is that Steven will, will constantly throw his players under the bus without really saying those exact words. He just said a quote the other day where, uh, well, you know, you know, we, we might lose a players, you know, the four, when you have to pay your, your quarterback 40, Steven Jones, he's not costing you $40 million on the cap. This year is going to cost you $22 million on the cap, which is like 14th or 15th in the league. Stop it. Yeah. You you decided mm-hmm. to pay the the Mari Coopers and the Demarcus Lawrences and Ezekiel Elliotts and the, the the Jalen Smiths all at the wrong damn times. You decided to wait to pay Dak Prescott two years after you should have paid him. You decided to do that. So now you want to put the blame on the players? It's it's blasphemy. It's I, I know I'm I've never bought it, but I'm definitely not buying his his bullshit. And I don't think the Cowboys Nation should. And I'm hoping that they see these things and they're not buying that they can't operate because of cap. No, brother. They're not operating because of you. Yeah, and because of ego. You know what I mean? It seemed like the ego went down from one generation to the next generation. Like, Jerry and Steven, like, oh, we're going to do it our way. We don't care about what nobody else say. We don't care who are out here winning these Super Bowls. As long as we fill in the stands, uh, uh, the concession stands looking real good, the, the product looking good. Uh, we 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 want to be on every commercial. I just seen the commercial yesterday that made my stomach hurt. The damn Super Bowl commercial with the little girl with the damn Dallas Cowboys uh, equipment on. Mm, I about, see. Oh yeah, I, I just seen it yesterday. It pissed me off. You know what I mean? I think it was, they played it during the Pro Bowl. It kind of pissed me off because it's like damn, we we marketable. We you know we we see Jerry and them. They're ahead of that market and stuff. They a one. You know what I mean? They a one credit. As far as marketing the Cowboys, putting the Cowboys out there as a, a big, viable uh, organization, you know what I mean, that likes to, that generates money. It's a money cow. But yeah. it's like, damn, where is the heart and soul for this winning? 
When is the heart and soul for us getting to the Super Bowl so we can be proud of our team? Where Where is that pride at? Well, you know what I mean? Because I'm tired of seeing every time we go to the playoffs, we we be losing the same damn way. A team will come in here and jump up on us by 10 points, and then now we struggling in the third and fourth quarter to come back. And then they always end the goddamn saying with egg on our face. The yeah, one when time you, that we did when get you, lucky when you was lose, in Detroit. Well, well, no, we've won a couple. Did you win the Detroit game? You, you beat you beat the the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But this year, when you when you have five losses, one, two, three, five losses are very similar. They're all very similar. Slow starts, couldn't run the ball well, mm-hmm. couldn't adapt, couldn't score, and then you're chasing points later in the game. That, to me, that is a that is a coaching issue. You lost five different times the same damn way. Zero points, three points, mm-hmm. seven points, seven points in the first half. You're playing catch up. You were down by double digits in every single last one of those game, one of those games, and you had to try, like you said, play play catch up. And then at the end, you get egg on your face. And that's one of the things that to me is is concerning that I wanted to see more from four um, from twenty nineteen from a twenty eighteen season moving forward. More closing. There wasn't enough closing in the games this year, and and, and not even just this year, but two years ago too, uh, specifically in the back half of the year, but we can, we can talk about, it's not, we could talk about the ineptitude over the last 26 years, no matter what player has been here. So, but, but we're trying to figure yeah, out. I, how I we just, can... Cause my, not to cut you off, Scott, cause what I don't see, what, like, I'm tired of Dak having this dumbass look on his face when he know that he don't messed up or is, it's coming down to the wire, but he got this dumbass look on his face. But when he's doing good, he out there pumping the air and yeah, oh, well, and running up nothing. and down the sideline, talking all that shit. Like, but see, my thing is with him, I don't think Kellen Moore pumps that that uh, that alpha energy in the Dak Prescott because I remember when how uh, can he? Uh, how can he? He's, he's that's what I'm saying. He's a backup. He was a backup. That's what that's what always keep coming to But the it don't even matter if killing. it don't even matter if you're a backup. Like like that, that that doesn't matter. He just he just isn't that type of dude. And he and they're too close. Mm. Their relationship is is that you know how I feel about that relationship. People think it's a positive. I, I personally starting to think that uh it's too much of a damn positive that it equals a damn negative. Uh, that's how I'm looking at it. Mm. You need to get somebody in here that can actually really coach up Dak Prescott cuz you're never you're never done being coached, right? You're never done Progressing no, never in at the quarterback position, and what Doug Nussmeyer, Kellen Moore, come on, what are we doing? That's what I'm saying, man. Because the two best years that I've seen with Dak Prescott, and I've seen him hungry, even though we don't lost, was the year that he had when he his rookie year when he had when he uh sitting behind uh had sit behind the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez sat behind him. I seen the vote of confidence in Dak then, then but John Kitten was here. John Kitna was like, let it fly, bro. That's Quit the one. The That's let the it one. fly. John Kitna is the you one. You know what I'm saying? You need a John. And see, John Kitna actually comes from uh, Mike Martz, who was a mad scientist. And he talks about it a lot. If you look at John Kitna's, uh, some of his like his uh, conferences and whatnot, he talks about some of his teachings from Mike Martz. Now, obviously, you know, you, you can't be as crazy as, as, as Mike wanted you to be in today's game. But uh, you got to have a little bit of that effort in you. And, and I think John did that. But. But yeah, man, we're kind of mm-hmm. going in the weeds here. It, there, there's a lot of different things uh, that we need to do, need to do to get better, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm with it all day, man. But you know, I ain't gonna never give up on these Cowboys, man. I just hope that you know that we can get on the right track, man. Let's let's, let's do something that's you know worthwhile for this 
for this fan base, man. Because we've been supporting this team diehard for years, and they've been giving us bullshit-ass product, man. We tired. You know what I'm saying? We tired of this abusive-ass relationship. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying, Sky. But, hey, Sky, thanks for your time. Thanks for Cowboy Nation listening to me. I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Thanks. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Last one here, man. We got, uh, I'm not sure who it is, actually. Let's see. Uh, 936, what it is, what it do? 936, you lie. Not much. Man, on that San Francisco game, if you look at the Zach, when he threw that interception, he threw it right to a defender, was no um, cowboy in sight. What? That's, that's, What's going on? That, that's not true. <laughs> there, there was no. there was a cowboy literally right right next to him. But what's your point though? Uh, it seems Zach went his first year as a rookie. He went what was twenty three and three. What was the what was his record as a, as a rookie? Uh, thirteen and three. Thirteen and three. Well, you know he was changing the of himself. That's why he was playing so good. Zach's a good quarterback. He's just a very good quarterback, but he can't call his own audible. He can't call his own audible. Well, he—I um, mean, he has—he has to. Oh, that's part of the quarterback, and he can call his own audible. He's done it before. But what you don't want him to do is call an entire game at the line of scrimmage, all game, and that's what teams were basically exactly. making him do. You know, they were saying, "Okay, well, right. yeah." Exactly, but um, so man, I'm tired. Oh, all right. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, we we've talked about that Cowboys Nation. We we don't we don't we don't want him up there being Peyton Manning. There's only a handful of dudes that that does that. I I'm not sure there what happened. <laughs> not sure what happened. Jay said Kitna and Colombo credit all went to Kellen. I love that. Uh, after the 2019 season. They label him the boy wonder. And ever since those two coaches left, offense lost the grit. Nobody pumped up because of Kellen. I'm starting to think, I'm starting to believe that as well, man. Uh, they let go of two guys for no reason, right? For no reason. Colombo, if, if there was one lineage to keep, right? We, we showed you that. Let me see if I can find this again. We showed you that offensive coordinator uh, graphic. If there was a if there was a, a lineage of sorts to keep, it would have been who coached under Bill Callahan or who played under Bill Callahan or the Mark Colombo days and things like that. Mark Colombo, I would have kept. John Kitna, I would have kept. But great point. No, I didn't hang up on him. He hung up. I don't know what happened, TC. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Appreciate you guys calling in and tuning in this morning on this wonderful Monday. Uh, this is technically, though, this is the prep for Super Bowl. So towards the end of the week, um, we'll do some little bit of Super Bowl talk. I won't be here, I believe, Friday and Monday. I'm, I'm heading back to Pennsylvania. So I'm going to try to cram in everything I can over the next three days. Um, and then I'll be back Tuesday to discuss the Super Bowl. Uh, but tomorrow we may pick up where we left off with the 2018 class. Eventually, I want to talk about this 2019 class too, because th- we we sh- I showed you the graphic of of not extending certain players. 
2018 is looking like one of those years where it ain't going to be much. So is 2019. Just saying. Uh, we'll talk about that probably tomorrow um, on, on one of the more prominent players that I thought was a hot button topic all year. Hot button figure all year. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of that and we'll ask you guys, should we replace or resign said players tomorrow? So make sure y'all tune in for that. DC said after the Super Bowl. I actually, I'm excited to see the Super Bowl. I really don't have a fight in this whole thing. I, I'll be cool if Cincy won. I'll be cool if the Rams won. I like both teams. I like the quarterbacks. Hey, I ain't got no fight in this one, man. TC want to talk draft. Yeah, draft. In fact, I'll have a draft video uh, dropping later today featuring, who am I featuring today? Jordan Davis. Featuring Jordan Davis. So make sure y'all check that out here in a little bit. Um, And then it will continue to talk draft, right? I think we'll get uh, Foots the King back on here to talk about the Senior Bowl, which was it was all right. I didn't think it was all that crazy. But we'll talk about the senior bowl and then we'll we'll slowly but surely start to get full fledged draft season. I'm not quite there just yet, especially because once the Super Bowl is over, there's a few week window where teams can start to uh talk to their current free agents and try to sign them. So we'll have to cover that as well. I haven't we have not fully covered all of the free agents in Dallas. And I want to I want to cover that prior to going full fledged into the draft uh, because we'll have a ton of time for draft all of February, all of March, all of April. So much time for draft. We'll we'll we'll, we'll cover all that. I'm not going to nauseate you guys with that. So make sure you all stick around. All right. With that said, let me go ahead and press this button and get up out of here. Appreciate y'all joining. Make sure you all check out A to Z sports Dallas dot com. For all the latest and greatest in regards to articles, fantastic writers over there. Fantastic writers over there. Later tonight, our guy Mauricio Rodriguez will be back here on the channel. A to Z Sports Dallas with Prime Time. In fact, I think I might be joining Mo next week when I return. All right. Appreciate y'all. We out of here. Peace. Salute to CV Mac, the mod guy. I want me some glory hope.